Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM 640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. He's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. You're a lion dog-faced pony soldier. He's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. You're a lion dog-faced pony soldier. I think it's going to catch on. I really do, Joe. You're a lion dog-faced pony soldier. You know, you want to call somebody out? We should say that about the hacks who lie and everybody else in politics. Just call him a lion dog-faced pony soldier. It's hip. John and Ken show KFI AM 640. We are live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. John has some time off. Uh, of course, uh, Biden was a liar. We told you earlier in the show that he appeared in Alaska on the 9-11 anniversary and claimed he was at ground zero the day after 9-11 in 2001. But apparently his autobiography says he was in Washington, D.C. But anyway, he, too, is a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Speaking of which, politicians who are lying dog-faced pony soldiers, we have another chapter in the saga of former Los Angeles County politician Mark Ridley Thomas. Mark Ridley Thomas, of course, uh, has been in politics way too long. He served in uh, Sacramento, and then uh, he was on the city council. He went to the Board of Supervisors, and I back to the city council. Maybe I have the order wrong, but anyway. While he was recently on the city council, he got charged by the feds in a corruption case involving USC School of Social Work, steering contracts their way, in order for his son, Sebastian, to get some benefits from USC through a nonprofit, money that was funneled through USC to the nonprofit, which eventually ended up in the pocket of Sebastian Ridley Thomas. 
His co-defendant, the woman that was running the School of Social Work, pled guilty, uh, got probation. She's an older woman, but basically she was like, yeah, you caught us. Not so for Ridley Thomas, who has raised millions in his defense, went to trial, lost, and eventually got a prison term from the judge of three years and six months. He is scheduled to report to federal prison on November 13th, a week after he turns 69 years old. And apparently the update is that he intends to appeal this to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Let's talk to defense attorney Lou Shapiro, who will give us the legal side of uh, these happenings for Mark Ridley Thomas. Welcome back to the show, Lou. Thank you. Whatever you do, please don't call me a lying dog face and the rest of that. As a pony soldier. Uh, you don't watch old John Wayne movies? No. Uh, anyway, uh, were you expecting this? Yeah, I mean, at sentencing, uh, he would not, really, Thomas would not take, uh, you know, responsibility for doing anything criminal. He said, I'm not going to concede the fact that I did anything unlawful. Was Were there errors in judgment that I made? Yes. Was, was it the appearance of impropriety? Uh, looking in hindsight, yes. But it wasn't illegal, and his lawyer said that we will be appealing uh, this case. And, in fact, they filed a motion for a new trial at that time, outlining probably what will be the main arguments on appeal. They went first to the judge, did they not, to try to get him to consider their arguments? And he turned them down, right? Right. It's very common. You do it in every case if you lose to file a motion for a new trial. It's kind of strange because you're asking basically the judge that presided over the case to undo everything that's, you know, was done the past few weeks. So they usually just are known to not to fall on deaf ears. Yeah, this is U.S. District Judge Dale Fisher. Well, I mean, there could be an occasional, because there are sometimes judges that set aside verdicts, right, Lou? That does happen, right? It happens from time to time, but it's rare. It's rare. So uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, this that would be the next step after the judge then. There's no intermediary steps since this is a federal case. Right. So the Ninth Circuit is the next step up in the federal appeal court process system. And the Ninth Circuit is known to be uh, very liberal, uh, very pro-defendant. If you had to appeal a case on the defense side, the Ninth Circuit is generally where you want to be. So he may have some arguments on appeal. And if you want to go into them, we can. I can outline for you what uh, his main arguments will be. All right. But I want to ask you this first, though. Is this really more about delaying his reporting to prison because it's possible? And it says the judge in this case would have to make a decision as to whether or not he can avoid reporting to prison until this appeals process is over. Is that right? Right. So delaying going to prison is, is always a, a first step in a, in a case like this. Uh, you know, you want to, to drag this out as long as you can in order to give yourself the most time to appeal, uh, gather the best uh, arguments, maybe bring on other attorneys. But there's a point that a lot of people aren't speaking about, which you're touching on, which is that he might be seeking a commutation or pardon from the Biden administration. Uh, And therefore, before Biden leaves the presidency, whether it's on this round or the next round, if Ridley Thomas can extend his appeal process for enough time and get Biden to pardon him or commute his sentence, well, that's also a victory for him. No, I didn't even think of that. Good one, Lou. I didn't even know that angle was in there, too. Well, think about it. Really, Thomas fits the bill for someone to be commuted, right? Uh, he has a lifelong record of community service, uh, aside from this incident here. Uh, he had 100 supporters with him at sentencing. He's connected in government. Uh, it's Nobody got physically hurt in this case. He has no other record. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me with his connections and his good character history 
that he could get a Biden's ear, get the administration to do something kind for him uh, before Biden leaves the presidency. All right. So wh- what grounds do you think he has for appeal and are they strong? So his defense lawyers are saying that his grounds for appeal are basically the fact that there was nothing explicitly done to show that this was an agreed upon bribe. Generally, you have an email, you have a phone call, you have, you have an, some direct evidence that shows if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And in this case, his lawyers are saying there is no real evidence of it. They're saying the government basically tried to reverse engineer a bribe, connecting dots and saying they are doing too much in terms of trying to infer an intent to bribe when really there was no bribe. In furtherance of that, they're they're saying that really Thomas wasn't the only one that voted uh, on this government contract that went to SC. Other people voted along with him, and he would have voted regardless uh, of his son getting this position at SC or not. So those are the basic arguments. It's just not clear-cut. He was convicted on a reverse engineering prosecution. And it's not fair to him and his family. Well, on your first point, Lou, I thought, though, that there were emails and messages between him and this woman at the School of Social Work where basically were nink, wink, wink, nod, nod, thank you very much, okay. It looked like that was kind of the quid pro quo evidence there of a deal. Right. So there were these these emails that, that alluded to, oh, this is great news. I'm looking forward to doing this. But there was there was not a direct, if you do X, I'll do why that that never was presented. And that's why they had to get uh, the co-defendant who you referenced to basically take a deal and testify and say, yeah, this was the understanding between us because they didn't have anything recorded. They didn't have anything black and white that showed this is going to be a bribe. Here's how the deal's going to go. I'm going to send money to SC. You're going to bring my son on. You're going to pay him a salary. Money's going to go to this nonprofit. It just wasn't that clear cut. It, the dots had to be connected by the prosecution for the jury. And yeah, we're look, talking, he was acquitted of several counts. He was, yes. We're talking about Marilyn Flynn, the 84-year-old former dean, and she pled guilty to bribing Ridley Thomas, which uh, even though she did not testify, Lou, but apparently uh, the fact that she did plead guilty to this essentially bribing Ridley Thomas would be a pretty good clue that that's what was going on between them. Right, and that, that was the whole... Uh, key for the prosecution to say, as long as we can get this person to plead guilty uh, and this person, you know, and then we can run with this narrative that we have a guilty plea on the other side. Well, it, 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 it takes two to tango and he's the second person now, but keep in mind though, she pled guilty. She got a probationary sentence. She got off really easy on this one. Obviously her age played into it as well. I'm sure. But you know, people take deals all the time. That's what the defense will, will argue on appeal. Like, you know, people take deals for all sorts of reasons. It's not fair to just to infer guilt to Ridley Thomas because she took a deal that spared her any prison time. Yeah, well, I think that the thought was that Ridley Thomas was the, the bigger uh, criminal here because he was the politician. He was in charge of the taxpayer money. He was more culpable, I think, in this bribe deal. Yeah, definitely. He was the big fish, so to speak. Sure. All right, Lou, thank you very much for your input. Appreciate it. Always good to have you on. You got to look out for that commutation. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, I like that idea. Well, I don't like that idea, but I think that's a very good possibility. That's Lou Shapiro, defense attorney on the John and Kent Show, and he is not a lying dog face uh, pony soldier. But anyway, uh, that's what Mark Lee Thomas tried to say in his defense. I think it was part of his statements uh, upon sentencing that, uh, oh, it was a bad judgment on my part. A lot of it centers around the $100,000 that was funneled through USC to reach his son. And I think the jury 
spent a lot of time examining that and thought that was definitely evidence of a bribe. And in return, USC got this uh, contract to the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. But you heard Lou say he thinks there's a chance that eventually Joe Biden, because this is a federal case, pardon or commutation of Ridley Thomas's sentence. Hope not, but it could happen. John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Coming up after 3.30, there's a lot of bizarre bills making their way through Sacramento. A busy week because they're leaving after Friday for some well-deserved time off. Remember for years we pushed for a part-time legislature? I mean, they do get a lot of time off anyway, but uh, this legislature should get the whole year off because basically what they push through are ridiculous bills. We already told you that the Skittles bill apparently has made its way through. The one we'll be talking about after the news at 3.30 concerns your electricity bill and the idea that in addition to you being charged for your usage, which makes sense, there'll be a fixed fee on your bill based on your income. Nothing to do with your usage, your income, which they're going to have to look up. The utilities are unhappy about this. Uh, some Republicans in Sacramento, there's five or six of them, tried to stop this. Uh, they were unsuccessful. We'll be talking to State Senator Brian Jones. He's the minority leader for the Republicans in the state Senate. He's from San Diego. He'll be talking to me after 3.30 about and We've been on this since we first became aware of it. Apparently they snuck it in in like a budget trailer bill. The idea that uh, these big utilities would have to start charging you a fixed fee based on your household income. And you'll find out how much that is, too, per month. And it is outrageous. Uh, Oh, you know, what? we like to talk about the homeless industrial complex. And that, of course, is all the money that goes down the drain because it's being passed around between politicians and nonprofits and developers to, quote, solve the homeless problem. How about the rehab industrial complex? Yeah, of course, there's a big belief, and they sold this to us many times over, the most recent Proposition 47, the idea that we don't want to send people to prison, and we're going to save money by not sending them to prison, and we're going to make sure they're rehabilitated. The old alternatives to incarceration. The state has a program called STOP. That's the acronym. Specialized Treatment for Optimized Programming. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Anyway, turns out that with this program, they gave out money to a nonprofit called All Hands on Deck. What was All Hands on Deck supposed to do? Well, that's an organization, a, quote, nonprofit, that was supposed to take in parolees and help get them on the right track again. House them, give them guidance, help them get a job, rehabilitation well the big story covered in depth at calmatters.org concerns attila kolar that's the guy's name and he is with the organization i just mentioned all hands on deck here's the summary attila kolar went to prison years ago for lying to the government after california gave him another contract as a provider in a rehab program a federal jury convicted him of fraud for using the personal information of Bay Area parolees and others to collect government COVID funds. Look at that. So it says here he didn't even need to hide his criminal past. He applied for a contract with a California rehab program for parolees leaving state prisons. That's that STOP program I mentioned. Former felons are welcome as landlords in the state-funded rehab program 
and many have a strong history providing services to their tenants. But he covered up his record anyway, using one of five aliases, Attila Kolar, eased through the vetting process at the California Department of Corrections and Rehab in the fall of 2019. The nonprofit he created all hands on deck, then joined the list of companies entrusted with helping parolees stay out of trouble and get back on their feet. Instead, he used the names of the tenants and other false identities in a scheme to claim a million dollars in fraudulent COVID-19 relief benefits. A million dollars. He falsely represented that the residents, this is funny, he falsely represented that the residents were CEOs of companies with hundreds of employees with million-dollar payrolls. So the money was paid to these, quote, CEOs were nothing but parolees, and I guess taken by Kolar and put in his own bank account. Nice. This must have been like the payroll protection loans that were going on during COVID. They also allege in the indictment, if this bothers you, that Kolar physically abused residents who were former prisoners enrolled in the parolee program, as well as people with mental health disorders who were living on fixed incomes. Uh, This guy was a a winner on all counts. Uh, Although prosecutors did not charge him with abuse or present evidence of it at trial in the indictment, they painted a picture of life inside the two Contra Costa County homes that he operated, physical abuse, tolerated drug use, confiscated resident social security benefits, and other monies that they received. So he ended up being convicted uh, on a number of charges. But, you know, he was hired in the first place because he was already a fraudster. They let him run this nonprofit and take state money. And he turned around and used these people's identities to collect up to a million dollars in extra benefits. There you go. Another great example from the world of the rehabilitation industrial complex. All right. When I come back, I'm going to be talking to a state senator, a Republican. He's been on our show a few times this year. Uh, State Senator Brian Jones from San Diego is the Senate minority leader. And the topic will be something that is bizarre but should bother you. California pays uh, among the states some of the highest electricity rates in the nation. We're like double the national average. They've come up with a scheme, the legislature and the California Public Utilities Commission, to charge you for your usage and then charge you a fixed fee based on your household income. Imagine that your electricity bill is going to have a fee based on how much money you make not how much electricity you use. So if you're one of those goody goods that uh, tech people that got all the solar panels and stuff, you keep electricity below. Uh, when they find out you're making a lot of tech money, they're going to hit you with a higher fixed fee. Uh, that's next. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Don't forget, if you can't listen to the show live between 1 and 4, that's the keyword live, you can always pick it up on demand. The podcast will be posted just after 4 o'clock at KFIAM640.com and also on the iHeartRadio app. This is a wild week in Sacramento for the hacks in the legislature as they're going to go out of session after Friday for a while, months. So they're pushing a whole bunch of proposals through bills to throw them at Newsom. The one we've been watching, which has kind of slipped under the radar, it really did because literally it was in a trailer budget bill. It's the idea that your electric bill could be, or at least a part of it, a big fixed charge, could be based on your income. This is bizarre. It's something about equality. I know that sounds bizarre, but that seems to be the push here by the Democrats in Sacramento. There was an attempt by some Republicans to overthrow this proposal, but that didn't work. We're now going to get an update on what's going on from the Republican State Senate Minority Leader Brian Jones from San Diego. Brian, welcome to the John and Ken Show. Hey, guys. Good to be on with you. Thanks for uh, covering what's going on in Sacramento. As I say to my constituents back home in San Diego, after midnight on Thursday, your wallets and your liberties will be safe until the first of the year. Explain exactly how this wild proposal works. The idea of a fixed charge, a separate fixed charge on your electric bill based on your income. And of course, we know Californians already have the highest electricity rates pretty much in the country, like double the national right. average. Why are they pushing this? Yeah, you described it as the Democrats pushing equality. I think it's more like socialism run amok. But what happened is last year in a budget trailer bill, which gets uh, it's pushed through sometimes at the end of session with very little review, sometimes doesn't even get a committee hearing, uh, had this mandate in it that was requires the PUC to consider a fixed charge based on people's income on what their base rate is going to be. And then on top of that, what the usage rate is going to be for electricity. 
So the bill right now is pretty much just based on usage. There probably are other fees and things stuck in there, but it's largely based on how much electricity you use per household. Instead, yeah, they've come some, up with this scale where it's going to be based, there's going to be a separate fixed charge based on your income level. Well, correct. The, the first thing will be the fees, and the next thing will be the, the basic charge based on your income, and that will be set, and then your usage will be above that. So the idea here, and they're pushing this, saying that this is going to help low-income households because their fixed right. fee yeah. will be low. But does that really work? So in my in my area in San Diego, the average San Diego family will pay $73 a month more, $876. And that varies throughout the state through the different IOUs and uh, the different areas of the state. But the bottom line is everybody is going to have a fixed rate then their usage is above that, and the higher your income is, the higher your fixed rate is to begin with. Yeah, I'm looking at one of the proposed charts here. Households earning 69000 to 180000 would pay $51 to Edison a month or PG&E or $73 to uh, San Diego Gas and Electric. And if right. your household makes more than 180000 which is by no means rich, you got to fork out 85 a month to Edison, 92 to PG&E, and 128 to your San Diego gas and electric. That's a real raking exactly in right. there. Yeah, yeah, that is. And, it, you know, it's unfortunate because what it does is it discourages conservation because right now your rates are based on your usage. You use less, you pay less. On this, you're going to have a fixed fee no matter how much you use. So if you're trying to conserve, you're going to, you know, save a little, but not as much as you would have if we didn't do this. Yeah, because they're selling this, Brian, as uh, most customers will see their bills lower. Just higher income people will see their bills higher. Do you buy that? Yeah, we are, our analysis is, uh, strongly disagrees with that uh, analysis from the PUC. Has this been tried before with any other utility in the country? Does anyone do this? I don't think so. Um, no, no, we're the first. Of course, California is the first on all of these. Uh, fantastically great bad ideas. <laughs> I know, but uh, it's hard to figure out what this one is about because uh, it, right. it is really a, a bizarre uh, proposal. What has to happen I, for this to actually come into effect? I mean, obviously it's in the legislature, right. but it has to go through uh, uh, the PUC and such? Right. So it's already state law. This passed last year, the, and the PUC gave the, or the legislature gave the PUC and the electrical companies till the end of this year, uh, into the spring to come up with their different proposals to be uh, considered by the PUC and approved. So what the Republicans in the Senate right now are trying to do is undo this uh, fee. We tried yesterday with an amendment to a bill. Unfortunately, it died on a party line vote. Every single Democrat voted down our proposal, and every single Republican voted for the, repo the proposal, trying to eliminate this fixed charge fee from our electric bills. So there doesn't seem to be a way to stop this, does there? Not not at this point in time, but I think if enough of your listeners contact their assembly member and their senator that they don't like this idea and they're outraged, we may be at the first of the year when we come back to session, we can put in a bill that will pass. And in the meantime, they can certainly reach out to the PUC and share their discontent with the bill. But they need to make their voices heard both to the PUC and their legislator. And what I guess the utilities are in favor of this, Pacific Gas and Electric and Edison and, of course, San Diego Gas and Electric. They like this idea. Were they part of the proposal? I see it came from like a Berkeley think tank originally. 
Right. No, my unders- no, they do not like the proposal. And one of their major concerns with this is they don't want to have any uh, business knowing people's income levels. That's personal, private information. They don't want to be responsible for that. They don't want to have to do this bill. Uh, they're being forced by this piece of legislation that was put in last year, forcing the PUC. And so because they're regulated by the PUC, they have to do it. But they would rather not do it. Yeah, they'd have to go, what, through the Franchise Tax Board to verify whatever people say their household income is to figure out this fixed fee? That's a really good question, and the legislation was silent on that. So that's one of the things they're trying to figure out is how do we even get this information? Do we just ask people and and believe what they say? Do we have a third-party verifier? Do we use the Franchise Tax Board? Do we use IRS? They have no way of knowing how they're expected to verify these income levels. All right, State Senator Brian Jones, I appreciate you taking some time out to talk to me. Uh, now you got to get back to that horrible uh, legislative work you're doing. Not you're doing personally, you but you're dealing with. Yeah, thank you for covering this and keeping your listeners updated. All right, that's the Senate Minority Leader Republican. Brian Jones in the State Senate from San Diego about this proposal we've touched on a few times during the course of this year, which kind of surprised us that uh, your electricity bill in the future, maybe next year or the year after, uh, maybe best based a bit on how much power you use, but also there'll be a fixed charge on there based on your income level. And as I said, the highest rate kicks in. It's just $180,000 a year household income, which is not that high for many people who live in Southern California. More coming up on the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Well, is there really anybody more fascinating? In the, I don't really find anybody fascinating in the world than Elon Musk. Uh, there is a brand new biography coming out uh, today, in fact, by a man by the name of Walter Isaacson. The biography is called Elon Musk. That's quite a snappy name. Anyway, when you have billions and billions of dollars, you can pretty much do what you want. And what's making news this week concerning the world of Elon Musk is how many children he's had. Uh, It was revealed through this biographer that Elon Musk and the experimental musician known as Grimes have a third child. And Musk did, on his social media platform X, confirm that they do have another child. Uh, It was previously known that the billionaire and this experimental artist have a three-year-old son, and a one-year-old daughter. The new child's name is, I might be able to get through this story because these names are, is Tau Technomechanicus. Now, the child's legal name is Technomechanicus Musk. His nickname is Tau. According to an advanced copy of the book, the baby boy's nickname, Tau, is inspired by the Greek letter, representing the irrational number that is equal to two times pi. Huh? The approximate numerical value 6.28 doubles as a nod to Elon Musk's birthday, June 28th. So I imagine all these names have deep mathematical or, I don't know, ancient language meaning meanings. Um, it says here in the story that more information about Musk's family is included in Isaacson's 688-page book, as I mentioned, called Elon Musk. Now, 
Grimes and Musk dated on and off from 2018 to 2022. They already had a son. Oh, my God. Ex, uh, in May of 2020 and a daughter, Exa Dark Siderell, in December of 2021. The New York Post attempted to identify all 11 of Musk's children. And I should tell you, some of them were in vitro. Some of them used surrogates. So uh, anyway, uh, he, of course, he, of course, uh, welcomed twins back in November of 2021 with a woman by the name of Siobhan Zillis, who was a Neuralink executive. Just one month before the arrival of his second child with Grimes via surrogate. If you're confused, so am I. Where do you see the names? Some of them, well, Griffin, Vivian, Kai, Saxon, Damien, and, and X. He actually has a child named X. And now we have Techno Mechanicus. All right, it's time for Tim Conway Jr. Hey, now. hey did, did his wife or girlfriend say she's an experimental artist? Yes, what? that's why she's described, an experimental artist. Imagine introducing yourself as, as a party as an experimental artist. Oh, maybe experimental musician. Musician, I okay. All right. Yeah, I think it was a musician. How many people would walk away from you? Uh, when you said, though, is there anybody more fascinating? I thought you were coming to me. I was a little disappointed that you uh, mentioned Elon Musk, so there's uh, that note. <laughs> Sorry then, about that. Two oh, and by one of his one of his kids is transgender too. Just so you know that. Okay, so right. and then one of his kids went to a private school and they turned him on on his dad. I oh think yeah, I saw that. Fifty thousand right. dollars a year. I think it's a transgender child. Yeah, I yes. think it is. I think it he is. He says all their woke teachings have ruined my kid. Yes. That's right. Now she doesn't talk to her dad, and he had to pay the bill. How crazy is that? <laughs> um, all right, two things. One, congratulations on the Jets. I know you're a big Jets fan. That was a big yeah. Win. It's going to be quite a season. Uh, I'm we're one and zero. Right. I, I can see the Super Bowl, which is in Las Vegas, by the way, next year. Wow. It, it's within sights. All right. Uh, I'm going to get my tickets soon, and I'm, I I think that Aaron Rodgers was just the thing we needed. Yeah, and that kid, you know, they scored 22 points on the 22nd anniversary of 9/11. There was uh, some stories about that, and okay. that kid was born that that ran that that uh, punt return. Yeah. Right. He was born in 2001. Look at that. How crazy is that? You like numerology. I do. You? I do, Ken. And so do you. You were an accountant at one point, right? <laughs> I do. I okay. do. I uh, like puns better than numerology. Okay. But I don't know if you talk about this, but were you ever officed in the World Trade Center? I was. Uh, my company called Deloitte Haskins and Sales occupied wow. the 98th through the 102nd floor wow. of tower number one. Is that That's the tower that got hit. Well, they both did. Uh, but but your office would have been hit then. Yes, but I was there 40 years ago. Oh, my God. Not That's uh, 20 years ago. What an office, though. I mean, you know, have that that view every day and, uh, you know, and then go up to windows of the world for drinks at night. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but, you know, who took over those offices eventually was Cantor Fitzgerald. You've heard of oh, him? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my cousin's son died. Oh, my God. He was at work that day at Cantor Fitzgerald and the building went down. Oh, what a day, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, 20, I mean, 29 they, years old. But that must have been a special, uh, you know, especially upsetting for you to be working in that building for so many years. Uh, yes, although the job I had, I was rarely in the office. Oh, I see. We were okay. auditors, and we went to where the company was on site. Ah. So I was there maybe a third of the year, but I <laughs> have memories. I went to Windows of the World. It was okay. quite a view up there. I mean, yes, it was so, a very strange experience when that happened. So when you came into an office as an auditor, you got the cold shoulder. Oh, my God, oh, did I? Yeah. I could write a book about that. <laughs> Treated you like bleep, is to put it mildly. That's oh great. God, they hated us. 
Yeah, you so, were the enemy coming in to sniff out all the problems. Yeah, remember all the problems with Exxon and sure. the auditors? That yeah. Did, yeah. I, I know how that feels because eventually you just finish the work and leave because right. you just don't just sign off. Yeah. Whatever. It, yeah, everything's good. Financials are great. Bye. <laughs> Pay up. Because you don't want to deal with this crap anymore. They yell at you. They push you. That's great. You got to write a book about that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's funny trouble. stuff. All right. All right. Uh, 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 what do you got? Uh, I don't know. We got something going on today. No <laughs> Mark Thompson. and uh, Yeah, he already worked. I don't know. We'll come up with something. Right. I don't know. Uh, something about how L.A. sucks, I think. <laughs> Because <laughs> I live in Burbank. That's right. <laughs> All right. Conway is coming All up right, next. Big dog. By Michael Crozier has the news. KFI AM 640 live everywhere. I heard radio app. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.